For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. And we are also going to be putting some of this out on video. You guys are going to be seeing us on YouTube. Um, We are not on YouTube Live right now, and we will be again soon. Uh, I know people have gotten used to seeing us there as well, but there will be some clips out on social media. So for people that are seeing us there, uh, thanks for for checking us out. And we will be doing more of this in the future. We'll be going back to the YouTube Live because we had fun. We had an engaging audience on YouTube. We had some people that were... uh, smack talking us and, and, and joining in on the fun. So it'll be, it'll be a good thing that we're definitely going to do all season long going into this football season. So first and foremost, guys, how are we doing today? It's been, we took a, we had a little hiatus last week and we're, and we're back. Jamie, I'll let you start things off. How are you doing? Yeah, things are, things have been pretty good. Uh, no, no complaints. Obviously the, the circumstances are circumstances for everybody, but uh, looks like we're inching a little bit closer to some certainty in terms of sports. A lot of talk about, you know, baseball coming back in July, uh, some new NCAA approvals that are paving the way for football in the fall, uh, which is good for both college football and the NFL. Uh, so i uh, looking forward to all of that and kind of returning to some sense of normalcy here in the near future. Yeah, it's good, right? Some of these teams are going back to work. Some of the facilities opened. Yeah, uh, I think there's a bunch more going back June 1st. So we'll see. I mean, there are a lot of practice. Players aren't allowed in yet, but the coaches can get in. I know they're all chomping at the bit to get in, game plans. And if you've coached long enough, this is kind of like it used to be. You used to go like phase one, phase two training camp. And it was all in one. It didn't have this like Break. stuff in the spring, passing camp, and then five or six weeks off. As my dad says, says get in shape, you get out of shape, come back to camp. He hates this. <laughs> players and the players union you know may want to do that this year we'll see if they want to break but hopefully they can do that and then they can get all this in because they've missed a ton of time and these rookies are are really missing time right now where they normally would be allowed to be at the facility with these coaches and that's where they've gained their ground the last few years uh but it's nice to be back the land of the living i was in bed for a few days sick uh so it's nice to be back on the show and feeling good and you know restaurants are opening things are getting back to normal feels good yeah, it does feel good. It, it feels good. And I know we're in the state of Arizona, which is different than everywhere else. So I try not to gloat too often because things have not been very bad here, knock on wood. Um, so it's obviously want everybody to continue to take it seriously and follow what's going along uh, in your state. But as specific to football, it does seem like we're inching closer to normality uh, across the board, which is obviously what we are most interested in on this podcast uh, and most interested in from a company perspective. So it's definitely something that we're paying attention to and we'll continue to, you know, monitor, but it does look like things are headed in the right direction. So that is obviously a good sign for football fans seeing as everybody and their mom watched the draft this year. And that was a uh, pretty, pretty good indicator that people were excited about sports. So I think it's, it's uh, I will never ever take for granted a PAC 12 after dark, 
football game ever again. So I promise <laughs> that every time I'm watching a crappy game, I'm never going to call it crappy. I will watch all of them. I will never be upset about a Thursday night game ever again. I want all of the games. I don't care when they're played. I just you want that want Oregon sports. State, Washington State, ten thirty Eastern. Exactly <laughs> right. I don't <laughs> care. I'm all Hawaii, in. Boise State, nine um, yep, yeah. midnight Eastern. If I could just binge sports for like six straight months and have no interruptions, I would be just fine. Like I'm very much uh, reached that level of, oh my God, I didn't realize how much sports I watched until now. Um, I always knew it was a lot. Uh, it's been a hell of a couple of weeks without it. So I was I watching was- a cornhole tournament with dudes wearing masks <laughs> last weekend. I literally went, you know what? I'm going to oh, sit man. here for 30 minutes and give this a shot. No crowds. <laughs> Dudes wear masks. You couldn't hear what they were saying. And they're all so damn good. They throw it in a freaking hole every time. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I, just, I gave it about 20 minutes. And I, I had to go do something else. But I was that hard up. It's incredible what just a little aspect of competition does for the human psyche, right? Just like any aspect of competitiveness that exists that we're just totally enthralled with. Um, and I had the same experience. I also like don't watch European soccer. Bundesliga was back on. I was like, I'm in. I'm all in on this. Like, doesn't matter. Don't care. Don't know any of the players. Don't know any of the teams. But I'm like, yeah, this is great. Live sports. I'm all in. Like, biggest UFC fan there is. Like, the fact that they've had UFC on, I'm like, all the way dialed in on all the fighters. Like, I'm just like, anything that's live, I'll watch. I'll at least give it a try. Korean baseball, doesn't matter. Like, I'm, I'm all in on trying anything right now for for sports so hopeful that we'll get uh some baseball action here and and life will uh return to normalcy but before we get off on a tangent on all the random things that we've been watching during quarantine let's talk about michael thomas who maybe might be a little bored during quarantine and decided to um you know one of the things we all love about michael thomas is he's kind of the the silent superstar right for the most part he's been kind of the guy who doesn't do a lot of the talking specifically for especially for his position right and traditionally wide receivers they talk a lot of smack you see a lot of it it's a lot on the field not really his yeah he's not really known for that um and that's endeared him to i think a lot of people so jamie what's going on with michael thomas because maybe he's just uh sick of quarantining yeah, it's been a weird stretch of a few days because this all started with him tweeting something about like being, you know, people disrespect him or underrate yep. him. Like nobody, nobody's underrated Michael Thomas. And it's weird. There's this this thing the Saints have been doing the last couple of years where as they continue to watch a Super Bowl from home, like the rest of us tell us they're the best team in football. And it's just like, I, it's weird because in, in some ways that on the surface you think, oh, maybe this is like a motivating tool, but it just comes across as whiny. For whatever yeah. reason, the tone, the time that they say it, the players they say it to, or the fans they say it, it just comes across as this whiny. And it's weird for a team that's had a lot of success and has, has some pretty solid leadership, particularly at the quarterback and head coach positions. But it all started with this. Now he's fighting back. And basically, he's starting now of fights on Instagram with Devontae Parker, where Parker told him to stop whining. And then they went back and forth about stats and all this other stuff. And this turned into this weird thing. And then there's a section of Twitter that decided to come out that was basically saying that almost like Michael Thomas truthers that he's all, he's not that good of a football player. All this weird stuff happened. So it's it just, yeah. Like if you, I saw one today, like, well, if you eliminate slants, ins, outs, curls, like, yeah, so well, you eliminate the entire route tree, he's not very good. And to be fair, if you don't let him run any routes, he would not be very good. It but, really like, wasn't that bad of a point though, Jamie. It was slants, yeah. bubble screens and five yard outs. Yes. Take away those, which is not the whole route tree. 
he had 12 catches on the year. Sure, but that's I mean, like I, I get your point, but there's there's a little something to that. Sure, like in but, other and, words, and look, he's he ain't not, running a whole lot because they're not throwing it down the field. No, but I, I, I want to see how much is that is because Drew Brees can't throw it down the field anymore. Uh, that's the other part of this equation too that people don't want to talk about. So, but still, like no nobody up until the point where Michael Thomas made that tweet, nobody thought anything poorly of Michael Thomas. Nobody, anybody no. reasonable. But now he's opened this door that's just fascinating. We all loved him because he was like the silent assassin, right? Yeah. He was a silent killer. He wasn't the receiver that gets up and points first down every time he makes a damn catch or throws a ball in somebody's face or gets up and spins it. He just went to work and had 15 catches every weekend, right? Regardless yeah, if they were playing sure. bubble screens, wherever they were, he was unbelievable. And now he does this. Just because you wear Jordan brand and Last Dance was on doesn't mean you got to make up bullshit chips on your shoulder yeah. people are disrespecting you. You just got yeah. all the love you're ever going to get because you had the best year you're probably ever going to have. I don't know how he's ever going to top last year. Even if he's close, he it's won't. a great year, but he's not, he's not topping that, right? Don't want to start making up bullshit chips on your shoulder because you think you need them or because you're wearing Jordan Brand and, and the last dance is on. Like, it's yeah, all not, ridiculous. Yeah, you're not Michael Jordan, bro. Like, just chill out over there. It's, like, just, it's, it's just weird. It's just like, we're like no, nobody thinks poorly of the Saints right now. Nobody thinks poorly of Michael. Like, I don't no. understand what where this is coming from other than just maybe boredom. Uh, they've been it, damn good and had a couple bad losses in the playoffs yeah. for a few years. Like that's, they yeah. could have made a run to the Super Bowl and they didn't, but that's, that's where they're at. But don't, I yeah, mean, don't make this stuff up and don't get yeah. it. Devontae Parker was awesome last year. Yeah. Are you yeah. talking smack? To, like, yeah, he wasn't great for the first couple of years, but he was phenomenal last year. He got paid. He's one of your peers. He was a pro bowler. Like, yeah, it's, I, 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 I'm, seems stupid. I'm going to chalk it up to, we really, really need to get our guys back to some semblance of working out because I think they're all just like, I think this is going to happen more if it's not back to normalcy soon. Cause you're just got a lot of guys with a lot of ego sitting around looking at more PFF scores than they've ever seen and trying to find reasons to get pissed off about some like analytic that they found that made them not that great. Right. I think that that's great for two, three MJ, his highness. That doesn't work for everybody. Just cause you want to no. make up shit to get motivated. doesn't mean it's going to work for you. No, it works like, for like, your, Tom, it, it works for Tom. Case, he's messing up his reputation. Yeah. It, it works for like three people, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, and Michael Jordan. Like nobody, nobody manufactures storylines like those dudes to, but, to, but, but here's the difference too, like with Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't manufacture storylines by going on Instagram and tweeting and, and commenting on other exactly players, right. and getting in Twitter fights and, and calling. Whatever you want to do internally, even as ridiculous as it may sound to somebody on the outside, do whatever you have to do. Like yeah, on the field. You, you don't get to the level of a Michael Thomas or really anybody in the NFL without having a high level of competitiveness. You just of can't course. get there. You, you don't get through no. all the bullshit that you have to do. The stuff that we don't see to get to, to do all the stuff that we do see and celebrate. But I, I don't get, I just, I don't get what he's trying to do here. Like it's just like, nobody's no one disrespects you, dude. Like nobody has said a cross word about you. Everyone thinks you're, you, you're one of the best receivers in football. Everybody says it. You're a fantasy football God. You're on a team that's considered a Super Bowl contender and is by odds makers have as a division favorite. What are you pissed off about? Yeah. I think if anything, the only thing that you can say about the Saints and it's true is that they've underachieved over the last couple of years within sure. a Super Bowl window because they haven't gotten to the big dance. And that's the goal every year. But that's just a fact. That's not something that we're looking at and it's a slight at Michael Thomas. It's just collectively as a team, you've underachieved. 
And that's not something you could feel disrespected about. If you think losing to a Minnesota Vikings team at home last year is not underachieving, then I don't know what is. So maybe you should just put the chip on your shoulder and play ball and go show us on TV instead of talking. That's a great point Jamie made, though. Like Tom Brady – Jordan, even we're hearing about it 20 years later. That's we didn't insane. hear about all the bulletin board shit that he put in his own locker. Right? Exactly it's like they right. had their own yeah. little press clippings they stuck in their locker that they made up at home that don't really exist other than in their own mind. But they weren't they weren't a public spectacle. They weren't calling out a peer. You know, they weren't out in the public on social media. Like that's that part's kind of ridiculous. I don't get any of it. it and how bored be- are we that we're talking about this? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it would be different if it was like, okay, they're. They're playing the 49ers, right? And Richard Sherman is talking all this smack in the first half, right? Like it, like all the stories we heard on the Michael Jordan doc. Like, oh, you've got re- rookie Reggie Miller comes out, starts talking smack to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan comes back, drops 40 on him. Like, okay, Michael Thomas, if Richard Sherman's talking smack to you in the first half and you come out and score three touchdowns, do the damn thing. You want to talk all you want after that happens? Be my guest. But right now, while you're literally not playing football or practicing or anybody can actually disrespect you because they they can't, there's there's no disrespect happening. I just I don't know. I think it's weird. I just scrolled through all the most substance you're ever going to have and the most love that you're ever going to get. Just shut up and take it. Like, Mm -hmm. don't look at the one dude that's some jackass on Twitter that went, oh, take away his slants and bubble screens. He has 12 catches. Okay. While I do think there's something to that, you can't do If you're Michael Thomas, who cares? You had 155 yeah. catches or whatever the hell it was last year. You broke the pretty record. Like He's bored. I've, yeah. I've realized. He's bored. And Grow okay, up, man. Mike. Yeah. I, uh, well, don't fight with the Twitter bots, man. We've all, we this, all do it every once in a while, but, man, don't do it. It never ends well. This issue is going to get worse and worse, and uh, it's, you know, Paige and I's generation of this, but – you don't have to respond to everybody on Twitter and Instagram. It's yep. okay. You can let people talk shit and just leave it alone. Yep. It's, it's fine. And I just, it's, but there just seems to be this. There's not how much them recently that was in his mom's basement doing it. That's where yeah. some of it's going on. So those guys, you don't have to respond to. You don't yeah. have to respond to, but it just seems it doesn't matter how much money, how much prestige, how many championships. There's still that element that seems to be prevailing now of just like, I have to, if there's any, any haters, I have to respond. Like, I mean, well, you're a public figure. Just by nature, you're going to have haters. If, if anybody Ke- knows who your name is, you're going to have haters. If Kevin Durant can create fake accounts to fight people saying that he's not great at basketball, anything can happen in the athletic space. Quite literally, nothing will surprise me. Because if you are, as, if you are a top three player in your league and you are so emotionally fragile multi-millionaire for generational wealth championships mvp if you can be that great and still be upset about what some random ass twitter dude says i don't know who's gonna be who i don't know who's immune to it literally there there is no immunity because if that can happen Anybody can anybody can do some stuff like that. So I I will nothing will surprise me because Jamie, you bring up a good point that it's our generation, but then now young quarterbacks, people that are coming into the league now, it's only gonna get worse. It's only gonna get more worse with more kids who grew up only in a social media era. It means more to them. They don't know 
any other thing than being totally dialed in. And Instagram is arguably worse than Twitter is right now. And right. I've, Very much is worse. It's horrible. I mean, so before this turns into a completely old person rant from all of us about how bad social media is, because I know Jake is ready for it. Go uh, ahead. <laughs> we're, Let them have it. Yeah, we're going to turn to the NFC East because that's why we're here. We are uh, looking at all the draft picks. They're over from one under. dumpster fire to another. Yes, from one dumpster fire to another. We're going we're gonna to look at everything that happened in the NFC East. We're going to start off with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who obviously uh, surprised many people with their first overall pick, but a, a lot of excitement in getting CeeDee Lamb with their first overall pick. Trevon Diggs, Neville Gallimore, uh, Reggie Robinson, uh, Bradley and I, they, they had a, they had a good draft. Um, a lot of people were really excited about what they did, but they did lose, you know, significant pieces on, on their defense. They still haven't signed Dak, which is going to continue to be a very interesting discussion. Um, as this year goes on, cause we're going to hear about it all the time because it's the Cowboys and it's a quarterback and we're going to hear about it every mm -hmm. single day. So prepare yourselves for it. So Jamie, when you look at kind of the overall, I didn't hit every pick, but when you look at the, the totality of what the Cowboys did, uh, were you excited about their draft? Uh, I was. And look, the first round pick's a little bit of a luxury pick with already having Amari Cooper and signing him, having Michael Gallup, but it doesn't hurt to have a ton of weapons on offense. Uh, they've had to deal with injuries and we saw pretty much Amari Cooper play as a decoy for a fairly extended stretch of part of last season because of his injuries. And it did affect that offense. But I do think despite all the weapons there, their best case is still running this offense through Zeke, which is what I think Mike McCarthy is going to attempt to do. This team is going to take a step forward. Dak's not throwing the ball 600 times this year. I, I just can't see that happening in the Dallas Cowboys competing for the division. But I like the Lamb pick. I like the Trevon Diggs pick. I think he's somebody that could be a starter by midseason for them. Definitely. Maybe he has to be a starter from day one, considering the, lo the losses in that secondary and trying to replace Byron Jones. But uh, falling to them at 51, I think Gallimore can be make an impact pretty early too. I think both those guys, I thought I thought Diggs could be a first-round pick. I thought Gallimore could be a second-rounder. Get them in the second and the third. Get the Wisconsin center in the fourth round. Uh you know, and I could be an interesting pass rusher for them late in the season into the next year. They got in the fifth. So I thought they did a pretty good job in this draft. But the key is going to be, can they establish the balance that the Cowboys had a lot of success with a couple of years ago with their new head coach? On that note, how quickly do they pick up the system now? Because we are missing some yeah. time. And this is going to be a difficult transition for a lot of these first-year coaches getting their teams on the same page. Talent is not the issue in Dallas. Talent wasn't, talent wasn't the issue in Dallas last year. But are they going to be able to play well enough on offense balance-wise? And can they make up for the losses that they've had on defense? Are they going to stay healthy in the linebacking core, which is another huge part? But they have all the pieces of this team to win this division. The question is, can they put them all together in the right place with a new head coach this year, who I very much respect, but still a new head coach is going to have an abbreviated offseason. I thought their draft was okay. I'm not on board with they had the best draft. And then the NFL by far. CD Lamb, they had to take because he fell that far to them. But to a luxury me, pick, like Jamie said. It's a luxury, luxury pick. pick for sure. It allows them not to sign Michael Gallup when he comes up in another yeah. year or two, whatever it is. It might even allow them to move on from Amari Cooper and trade him in yeah. another year if CD Lamb can play outside. Anaya, I like, but he's undersized. When we started this process, and I was a late first, second round pick. So to get him that late was good. Trayvon Diggs, I think, will start from number one to me, from, from jump, from day number one. Look where he played. He played press man at Alabama. He played zone at Alabama. He played inside. He played outside. He played all over the place in a very complicated scheme for Nick Saban. So you know picking it up is not going to be an issue. 
for him. Athletic guy, big guy. I think he fits really well. I like that pick. I think the fact that he dropped to the second was huge. Um, I think they helped. I love the Wisconsin center. He's a little undersized and not as powerful as a lot of those Wisconsin guys that come out. That's why he ended up dropping. Uh, but they had to replace Frederick somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was okay. I'd give him a B. Like it was solid, but a lot of people had him as the best draft in the NFL because of CD Lamb. Mm. Yeah. To me, it doesn't help. I mean, it helps them because they have weapons, but your your best bet is like Jamie said, going through Zeke, it's not throwing it 600 times, 45 times a game, which they're set up to do. Their offense coordinator didn't change. Kellen Moore's still there. Yeah. I, and I think Mike McCarthy's going to put his imprint on it, right? But like, I, I think that's why that's why I'm with you, where I understand the excitement because you got value for CD at the place you drafted him. But I would be in the category of being more excited if one, Mike McCarthy wasn't the coach that was going to be there and they weren't changing. And I knew that kind of what they were trying to do. And two, if the offense didn't run through Ezekiel Elliott, I think it, loading up on receivers and paying a hundred million dollars to Amari Cooper, and then using your first round pick on another wide receiver, you know, maybe if you didn't give Amari the money in the off season. And well, then this is where the Amari season. money was smart because they gave him 20 million up front. Yeah. So it's and 20, they can million, move up front, on 20 million at the end. And then it's yeah. not 20. It's not, not really a hundred million dollar contract on the books. I mean, it is on the books, but they're giving a ton of them to him up front. So it's not really on the, on the cap. I mean, it almost to me sounds like they don't trust their pass rushers. Right. And they shouldn't. Yeah. Alden Smith, who knows what they're going to get. They don't, you know, and they don't know that that linebacking core is going to stay healthy because to me, it almost went, went, okay, we need to outscore people. Yeah. And adding that weapon on offense. That makes sense. Is going to allow us to do that because we're not real sure how this defense is going to be, which tells me, they're not running away with this division for sure. They got the talent to win it, but it's going to be really interesting with them in Philly because this defense to me didn't get a whole lot better. I, I like Diggs a lot. I think he'll start from day one and he's multiple, but he's not, not Byron Jones. Byron Jones. No, yeah. And not if they're Byron not Jones rushing anymore. the passer, like I said earlier, if they get any injuries in that linebacking core, they better be putting up 30 a game or they're not going to be in a lot of them. And there's a lot, there's a lot of facts here too. Like Alden Smith got his conditional reinstatement today. If he looks even 50% of the player he was when he last played, that'll, that'll be a, he'll be an impact player for them. He's bigger and he looks phenomenal. So yeah, that could be a, could be the signing of the year, but who knows? Really well could be the the lamb picks interesting. And I I agree that they didn't have the best draft in the NFL, uh, but the lamb pick, it's weird because it's such a Jerry Jones pick. And it's not like it's a bad pick, but it's it's one of those ones where I wonder if they could have like shaken down another team, like maybe even I mean I guess you, you they would never do this because of the narratives, even if it might have been good for the team, but like a team like Philly, or you know so maybe even a Minnesota who ended up taking a, a receiver later of going okay we're actually in a really good spot here that uh, that a talented big name player fell to us can we get something more out of this and pick up a one and maybe a two uh, should have been on the phone with this. Green Bay. For Green Bay to look at having a guy well, like Green Bay didn't care. they were going to move up to take like Joe Burrow or something. Uh, but it's you know what I mean. But it's not a bad pick. But for this, for the if the Cowboys are going to win the division, it's going to be a resurgence from Zeke, and it's going to be because they're they were able to withstand the loss of Frederick along the offensive line. That is why I they would have they loved won. to see what you said, Jamie. Let them let them move back down. Take yeah. Xavier McKinney and Trayvon Diggs, and pick up another second or early third, and take two oh. offensive linemen to go along with Frederick. Absolutely. Or to replace Frederick. Like, that would have made more sense to me because now you have two pieces in that back end. You don't really need CD Lamb. Like, it's a luxury pick, but Gallup's a freaking stud. Yes. Uh, to me, you just paid Amari Cooper like he's the best player in the league. 
Yeah. And it all should go through Zeke anyway. And you still need to replace this offensive line. that used to be the best in football, which is now not. And Frederick's a big loss. He didn't play that good last year. But if you go back two years ago when he was – or three when he was a star, yeah, you got to replace that. This offensive line went from phenomenal to if they get some injuries there, they're going to be hurting too. Yeah. And look, the thing is, is moving back is that's the move a team that has Super Bowl aspirations should be making in that For spot. Sure. When you already set at receiver, you know, if they only had Amari Cooper, let's say, you know, if they were in the Packers situation where they have one star and nothing else, then yeah, by abs- absolutely. But the way that offenses run, the pieces you've already have, sure, he'll help them, but he's going to help them more two, three, four, five years from now than he is the next than he is next season. And you mm-hmm. have a chance to win a Super Bowl next season. Yeah. And so again, I don't hate the pick because I like the player. I just don't, it wasn't the best move I think they could have made in that spot. Overall, quickly before we move on, is their roster better now or was it better last year? Mm. It's better two years ago. Um, I don't know if they're – I would say the roster is probably slightly worse this year uh, because of the pieces that they lost. I li- Again, I like some of the rookies that they added, but again, you're asking them to live up to what veterans – and Byron Jones was a damn good player. Yeah. Javon Diggs is going to be good, but he's not going to be Byron Jones in year one. Like it's just it's not going to happen. If they're fully healthy, we'll see if Alden Smith is, comes back and plays like he can. They can be as good as they were last year, but there's still a lot of question marks of, for a good team. Again, relatively, this is a team that should be competing for the top, at the top of the NFC East. Strictly but- just looking at the talent level. That's all I'm interested in because I think they took a step. They lost, you know, they lost Byron Jones and Robert Quinn. So they're two like two big pieces of their defense, and they are not going to get the fulfillment that they need from guys that they drafted. They didn't address that stuff in free agency. Um, you're banking on Alden Smith, who I think, if the upside, that's great. But if it turns out to be not what it more than likely, it's not going to turn out to be a positive thing. It's it's not likely that he took that time off and he's going to come back and he's going to be spectacular. Like that's Demarcus Lawrence needs to step up and have more sacks. I like I like the fact that they added McCoy and Don Terry Poe in the middle. Yeah, run stop and stuff, but they're not rushing the passer. If they don't rush no. the passer, the secondary is going to get exposed. And if his linebackers have to run too much or get hurt, they're like I said, they're going to have to put up thirty a game. So that's where that makes sense. But to Jamie's point, if you're a Super Bowl contender, you don't have to score thirty to outscore people to win because you're more well rounded than that. I don't know that they are. Yeah, it'll be interesting, especially in light of the fact that they are in a different position now with a new head coach and the new, obviously, what's going on, not having as much time to prepare. That's a big factor that Jamie brought up, especially in this division. The only division that's not going to be facing that is Philadelphia. Every other team is dealing with a new head coach, new system, new things in place. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see if that ends up being a huge you know, benefactor for the Philadelphia Eagles is they're going to go in with consistency into this year. Hey. And one last note before we get off the Cowboys, and it's been quiet now because of just given the circumstances of the world, but what happens with Dak? I know you mentioned it briefly at the start of this, but it matters. I don't think Dak is sitting out any games because I I don't think that's going to work out for him. But does it become another distraction? Does it become another distraction? He's better not sitting out any games. That's won't start when he comes back. Because one thing we definitely got to talk about is Andy Dalton, which was a hell of a signing. Yes. Yes. We're starting from the area. They can damn sure still play. To me, that was like, Dak, yeah. here's your leverage. You can shove it up your ass. I also like this new Andy trend. Andy Dalton can replace Dak Prescott day one, day two, or whenever they decide to do it if he wants to not turn down $33 million again. And, and I also like this new trend around the league of there being more preparation at the QB position now for backups. Um, it was something that I never really understood a number of years ago. I understand you don't want to tie up a lot of ca- uh, cap space in a position that's not 
ideally not playing for you at all uh, in the given season. But as we have seen a lot of these injuries, and that's the other factor too, is if, if there's an abridged off-season program, all this, these soft tissue injuries are going to be a factor again. We are actually seeing it in international sports, uh, particularly in the KBO. Uh, yeah. where they're having a lot of soft tissue injuries early in their season because of the way things are going. That well, could that be a factor. Back to what again I was saying what my dad said, right, Jamie? Like you go, yep. you get in shape to get out of shape to come back. What happens in, What happens when these, these rookies come to minicamp? When they've been running nothing but 40s for three months, running straight, and the first mm-hmm. time they cut, they pop a hamstring. Happens every year to dozens every of guys. Time. It's going to be a training camp thing. If these guys want to get in shape, go to OTAs, and then take three weeks off because the players' union wants to fight that or whatever they want to do, and then they go to camp. You're exactly right. I think you're going to have a lot of that stuff, and camp could be abbreviated. So, like, I don't know. I don't think it's smart. I think they need to go in, and they've already missed a ton. Yeah, they're I mean, not going to be in until June 15th. The players might not be in until June 15th. They got to wait for yeah. everybody to be ready to go in at the same time. And what's some of like the medical care they've been getting looks like? I know Jarvis Landry, I think, came out today and talked about how he's been able, like, I guess, like through through some calls or whatever, he's been able to learn how to do the cupping process and some acupuncture and certain things, but. Are, all the, uh, are a lot of players doing that? One, A, it's not the same as professional. And B, our players are saying, eh, screw it. I'll deal with it when when we get to whenever camp's open back up. You know, and all well, those look, things. Cubs machines are really freaking cool on Instagram, watching one-handed catches and shit. You ain't running. Yeah. No. True. You're not running. You're not cutting. You're not playing football. And you ain't getting hit. Yeah. No. Most important. We're not allowed to get hit in the offseason at all anyway. Anymore. Yeah, that's true. true. You can't even have two padded practices back-to-back in, yeah. in training camp. But yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. That's a great point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you gave Jake, you said you'd give him a B. Jamie, what are you giving the Cowboys offseason? I'll give them a B plus. Okay. B plus uh, for, for guys, draft, yeah. uh, definitely draft related. Obviously, Andy Dalton was not draft related, but did happen post the regular kind of free I love that. period. So love I love that. it. I love it too, mostly as a very Jerry esque move and message to Dak. Oh, I love I, it from the businessman point of from Jerry. I, I, I love that. That's the but best. I love it from a football point of view because you know I'm all you guys know I'm big on Andy Dalton, but like to me, they got better. Like that's if that goes down and Andy knows the offense, I think they might get better. I think he throws it better. Yeah. And they're gonna have all those weapons. I, you know, it, it's an interesting one, but I, I love that that it'll, pickup. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see what happens with the Dak situation because it's definitely definitely going to be a distraction without a doubt because sports covering when when we are allowed back to covering football the way that we are used to what you are used to seeing is going to be on steroids it's going to be wall-to-wall coverage all day long constantly and you bet you're going to hear about the cowboys and the Dak situation constantly it's going to be all the time so i i know it's going to become a distraction because it's impossible for it not to uh all right, New York Giants uh, going to talk about their overall draft here. So Andrew Thomas, uh, listen, a lot of people had a lot of fun with thinking they were not going to draft draft a uh, offensive lineman. Uh, big shocker that they didn't. They still they went in and got an offensive lineman with their first overall pick. Uh, Xavier McKinney, Matt Per, Darnay Holmes, uh, Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin, Chris Williamson. They had they had they had a pretty good draft. I think overall um, people were most. New York fans who are never really excited about anything. Um, we're, we're pretty happy with what happened here. Although I know that I had seen a lot of giants fans upset that they went offensive line with that first overall pick uh, for, for the giants. Jamie, did you like them going offensive line and, and helping Danny dimes uh, hopefully hold on to the football a little better this year? 
Look, it's the pick they had to make. I understand it's not the splashiest pick. Uh, I know a lot of people wanted Isaiah Simmons in that spot. Uh, but Nate Solder's been a liability at left tackle for them. He's getting up there in age. He doesn't have a lot longer left. Uh, tackles, the tackle position in general for the Giants has been a train wreck for a number of years. They addressed it two times over on this draft. You still get arguably a first-round talent on round two in Xavier McKinney. Uh, I think Darnay Holmes was a sleeper pick. I really like him. I think he's going to make an impact. Uh, maybe he has to make an impact in the secondary a little sooner than he wanted to because of some other circumstances, but we won't get into that. Uh, I, I, look, they, they, I like them going back-to-back, to back to, or not based on back-to-back, back, but two out of three for tackles there with Matt Pert. They need to fix that offensive line. You have a young quarterback, a young quarterback that's going to move around in the pocket. A young quarterback doesn't exactly protect the ball very well, at least early in his career. Uh, that's the move you have to make. You're set at running back. You're set at receiver. Um, you have some pieces to build around on defense that you added to in the second and fourth and later in the draft. Uh, ideally, I'm sure they would like to have made that pick from the, maybe the five or six spot. They might have been able to get Andrew Thomas, but from given where they were and given the the lack of moving up for quarterbacks that everybody predicted, I, I don't know how you can complain about that pick. Yeah, no, a lot of people were like, you know, it's where the combine pisses me off because Tristan Wirfs, who we end up with, I, I love, is just a workout freak. But a lot of people had Andrew Thomas as the number one tackle. He just did it kind of quiet under the radar, whereas the, all these mock drafts and stuff had him in like the mid-teens early, and then he started moving up, and then he got hot kind of as you got towards the draft. But they loved him. They had him as their number one tackle. There were some really good tackles at this draft, and they took him. And they took they took a little heat for that. But you got two solid starters in, in round one and two. It was very Dave Gettleman. That's why I said going in, I absolutely see him tackle, take a tackle, take an offensive line. I still think the Cardinals should have done that as well. I like Isaiah Simmons, but if you're just going to make him an outside linebacker in a 4-3, you're not really getting what he does. And to me, they turning down Jedrick Wills, it was, man, that's tough. But they they took – they had their pick of these guys. They loved Andrew Thomas. They took him. Um, you had to replace Landon Collins, who got a ton of money to go to the Redskins mm-hmm. the year before, who was very multiple that secondary. We replaced him with the same dude from the same school. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. Where would you uh, he, fell, yeah. he fell to you. Um, now you've got multiple guys back there. You can move around and do a lot of different stuff. So I, I, I thought their their draft was really solid as well. I, I like it a little bit better than Dallas's because I think it fills some more immediate needs. Uh, I'd go B-plus for them. But overall, their defense got better this offseason. The draft was really solid. I think Danny Dimes will take some more steps, but this will help. Yeah, I think knowing that you want to run the football, you got arguably the best running back in football on your team. You want to make sure you protect your young quarterback. I think you can't be upset with going Andrew Thomas in the first round with that fourth overall pick. I I know Giants fans. I saw a lot of them. I heard from a lot of them wanted Isaiah Simmons. I just, listen, I get it. It's exciting. Uh, Simmons is a hell of a player. I think the Cardinals are going to be happy that they had him. But I'm like with Jake. I'm going, listen, who's protecting your quarterback? Yeah. understanding that it's not sexy, but it's so important. What happens to me, that's the right. sexiest damn pick you can make for keeping your quarterback I, upright. I agree. I agree. But it doesn't for the, for the average casual NFL fan, right? It's not somebody that they maybe are familiar with. It doesn't move the needle. It's not as exciting. It's not a position player. They're going, Oh, okay. This isn't, Oh, we're addressing the line. Yeah. Guess what's really exciting throwing touchdowns. Okay. That's really exciting. Your quarterback, not getting sacked. That's really exciting. Like those are things that happen when you have a really, really good offensive line. So the recipe is not that hard, people. Go look at the really good teams. We talk about it all the time. The best teams have good offensive lines. Look at the difference between what Jared Goff looked like with and without a good offensive line. It's night and day. So 
If you're a Giants fan, he was a big offensive lineman in the first round a few years ago. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. all we're seeing in this video is his pancake blocking ass, and it looks damn sexy to me. Yeah, yeah, that is that is for sure. That is for sure. So B plus, Jake, you're going here, and Jamie, yeah. what's your overall draft yeah. rate? B plus as well. Thought B+. they did exactly what they needed to do. Wonderful. I think I'm in agreement with you guys. I think Giants fans, listen, it's New York. They're never going to be happy with what they do. So they just got to they got to see it firsthand. Uh, otherwise, they're going to continue to 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 bitch about it because that's just that's just what they do. The other move to talk about, and it, it, I forgot exactly when it happened, but the addition of James Bradbury is also a pretty shrewd yep. uh, shoot addition to that team. They need, yep. they need help in the secondary, a corner. Uh, they're, they're, I, li- I like what they got with Peppers and McKinney now at safety, but uh, they need some help a corner, and I that's the get a veteran presence there. Uh, I think that's going to be a big big plus for them. Yeah, I think good opportunity. The all the all the teams in the division. This is going to be a, a a close, even closer than last year. It was close, but on the bottom end when you had two teams that were fighting at seven and nine towards the end of the season uh, that ended up not doing. <laughs> that ended up winning the division at eight and eight for the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's talk about them. Uh, let's move on to them. Jamie, we'll get into yep. their overall draft pick. So Jalen Rieger, Jalen Hurts, uh, Davion Taylor, Jack Driscoll. Uh, Kevon Wallace, John Hightower. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to go. That's you know, Sean Bradley, Casey Tuhole. They had they had a pretty decent draft here. I think the the big thing for this team, obviously, they get Jalen Rieger. We've talked about the fact they needed a wide receiver, but a surprise in going with Jalen Hurts. It was other than obviously the storyline of what we've talked about at nauseum with Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, followed shortly behind was the most talked about was Jalen Hurts getting drafted to the Philadelphia Eagles. So your thoughts on all that and, and, and how their draft went. Yeah. I mean, look, everything around the Eagles draft surrounds the two Jalen's in the first two picks. Uh, I was a little surprised. I like Jalen Regeer. I was a little surprised to see him go there instead of Justin Jefferson. Uh, that would have been the pick. Uh, I would have made it at that spot. I thought Regeer was more of a, I liked him more in kind of like they run first type of offense. I thought he could have some success in that. I like, you know, Minnesota was a team that was interesting, but I, I was shocked they passed on Jeff- Justin Jefferson in that spot. And Jalen Hurts, I, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand the mentality. Takes it's just giving the double wrong. thumbs down. Yeah. It's just, it. it's, it's again, we just talked about this with Dallas a little bit differently, but it's a luxury pick when you can't really afford to make a luxury pick. It's not a luxury you pick. Hole, you have, it's a dumbass pick. Yeah. You have like, you've holes, you have holes in that secondary. You have holes on that offensive line. None of that's been addressed. And you bring in a project backup quarterback when you could have got, gotten Andy Dalton if you needed, if you were that worried about Carson Wentz's health, go bring in Andy Dalton. It also, this is quickly to just talk about this specifically with Jalen Hurts. You also, you haven't, Carson Wentz has had to deal with this Nick Foles crap for so long. And then last season, he's finally away from it and his whole damn team is hurt and he's out there throwing to a bunch of schmoes. And then instead of going and bolstering it up, by the way, and and that's what I'm saying, but instead of going, you know what, we have a hell of a player and we're going to go all in and put everything around him that he needs. They create another distraction because no, what it doesn't matter whether or not he's in the competition with Carson Wentz. They got a guy who everybody's familiar with. Everybody knows Jalen Hurts. It creates a distraction. It creates that environment that doesn't need to happen for Carson Wentz again. And that's, I think, what the biggest, when I looked at this draft, I just look at it and I go, you failed because that created a distraction with Carson Wentz, and that's not what you needed to do. That dude has endured enough distraction with the Nick Foles crap that's happened for so long, and you can't just put better players around him. I, I, 
I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't think it makes any sense. And I know that it, it's, it's hard to look at the rest of the draft because it was, this was the takeaway, like the two Jalen's, like you said, it, Jamie, those are the two things that you looked away at them. But this is it. If you fancy yourself a Super Bowl team, I don't know how the hell you're using that draft capital to go after Jalen hurts. It doesn't make any sense, Jake. I hate their draft. I hate it. Absolutely. Jalen Rager. I had people in the fifth and sixth round had him ready. Yeah. I like him. He's okay. But there was this was the best receiver draft in the history of the NFL. You could have taken him third and fourth round. I love what you did with Marquise Goodwin later on and give up a sixth. Yeah. yeah. You now right. have him. You have Deshaun Jackson. You have Alshon Jeffrey. You passed on Jordan Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. How the hell did you do that to take Rager? And then take Jalen Hurts in the second round. You have a superstar. You have a top five quarterback. Yes, he's injury prone. I get that. But you paid him $100 million. He's your guy. This whole. Jalen Hurts is going to play like Taysom Hill. Bullshit. That's that's only because Drew Brees' arm strength is lacking. Not they only want him to be yeah. the quarterback of the future. Carson Wentz is the quarterback of the now and the future. This was awful. You need defensive help. You were picking in a premium spot. You could have taken Kenneth Murray. Just, you could have helped yeah. immediately. I don't think yeah. I don't think Rager is playing that much. Mm-mm. Justin Jefferson in the slot would be phenomenal for them mm-hmm. with the outside presence that they have with all that speed. Out to Alshon, and you still have Zach Ertz and Goddard. You have plenty of weapons. Greg Ward came on at the end of last year. You didn't have to reach for Rager in the first round. I hate that. And then to go with Hurts in the second, there's nothing against Jalen Hurts. I like the player. It's too high for him at, for any team. But for them, it's asinine. Yeah, it doesn't make any it sense. It's absolutely stupid. Your first two round picks are not starters. I don't think Rager's starting day one. No, not, not, if they, not if everybody's healthy. Okay, so your secondary sucks. It was the worst of football last year. Yeah. And neither one of those picks are starters, and you didn't do anything to address it till later. I hate their draft. C minus. Yeah. And I've heard, I've seen people talk about it was the best draft in football too. You're out of your freaking mind. C minus. Major. Yeah. No, it's it's. Train. it's I, I just I don't I don't get it. Like I don't get it that they're giving the guys on the board at the time. Like uh, the the Regeer one, I thought he would be a second rounder. Uh, the way the guys were getting pushed. I literally up. Like, had three different teams that had him like fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see it. He's nowhere near as dynamic. Jefferson like no. I don't know how you pass on that spot there because look I, I like what Greg Ward did last year but you, you don't pass up on a talent like Justin Jefferson because Greg Ward's got the slot roll handed knocked down okay, no, come on no. like like I, I just I, I don't get it I, I don't get it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me and by the way even even the Taysom Hill comparisons which are stupid go back and look how many times does Taysom Hill actually throw the football they Thank use you. him they don't actually use him as like a two QB system. And uh, by the way, the if Carson Wentz is famous, Winston had more completions to New Orleans Saints than Taysom Hill does. Yeah. And by the way, if if the ball it's is not, not in Carson Wentz, leave me alone. I'm just saying oh, oh, well, yeah. 10 to seven. He has seven yeah, completions. About James. <laughs> seven, seven you have completions, like an embargo on talking about James. What Taysom Hill had. Oh, yeah. And so, and you're not taking the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands if he's healthy. If, no. if he's on the field and he's able to no. play, he's, he's also, an elite quarterback. He's also Which, not in the back end of his career. Like you're talking about, like the, the thing where you're bringing up, that's what's infuriating to me is first and foremost, bringing up the Taysom Hill example is moronic. It's stupid. There's nothing to compare it to. Nobody else is trying to make this a thing except Sean Payton, who apparently thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Look, I know a lot of people that can make the argument that the Taysom Hill thing is stupidity in New Orleans. That's what I'm saying. Like, and if he's the heir apparent, like they love him. And maybe he is Steve Young. I don't know. I'm not course. saying either way, but you can make the comparison that that's stupid. But exactly. to say that other teams are going to do it when you have Carson Wentz on a giant contract you just gave him, who's a top five quarterback, 
You're out of your freaking mind. It, it makes no sense to me at all. It's impossible to compare the situations. You're talking about Drew Brees, who was talking about retirement this offseason. That's what we were talking about. We were waiting to see if he was coming back versus Carson Wentz, who's the a young top tier quarterback in the prime of his career. It is totally separate situations. And oh, by the way, you also have to get said player, i.e. Taysom Hill, to buy into what you are doing because there are not a lot of guys, i.e. Tim Tebow. Okay. This is a great example of somebody that didn't, would not buy into this. They want to be starting quarterbacks. Okay. Guys have egos. Guys compete. They want to be starters. They don't want to they don't want to buy into some gimmicky system that you're going to pitch them on. Okay. That works for Taysom Hill. Sure. But there's no guarantees that that dude's going to be the starting quarterback. He's just banking on a promise that might not even be there. A football player that plays all over the place. So your example of what Tim Tebow should have done. It's a Because he's not a quarterback. Exactly. But he could have played 15 years in the league if he wanted to be. uh, Do everything, guys. Steve Tasker. A bigger Steve Tasker. He could have played. He probably been a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But he's that's it's very hard to get a guy like Jalen Hurts, who was the quarterback he's at Al- Alabama. He's not, in. He's, not being a, he's not the personal protector on your punt team. He's not doing any of that stuff. He's yeah. your backup quarterback that you took in the second round when you need help in a damn solid draft. Yes. Talent everywhere. And your right. second round pick is not playing for you unless your star quarterback is hurt. And by the way, you're still screwed. Yeah, if Carson Wentz isn't playing, Jalen Hurts is not saving your team. I'll tell you that much right now. It's not happening. Like it's, I was, I was, like I watched it. It happened, and I laughed. Like it was like an enjoy because Philly is an enjoyable team to watch. Just like their fan base is just, they lose their minds about everything. I just wish the thing that sucks is because I become this like pseudo Carson Wentz fan by proxy of Jake, and now I'm like. Can he go somewhere else? Like this team, this organization doesn't deserve this guy. They don't, they don't, they don't respect him. They don't value him. All the fans discredit the MVP season that he had when they won the Super Bowl and Nick Foles came in. And then they wanted Nick Foles and didn't want Carson Wentz. And now the stupid ass organization drafts Jalen Hurts. I'm like, let him go somewhere else. Let him go be respected somewhere else. I I'm I'm out on Philadelphia. C minus from Jake. Uh, Jamie, what are you giving him? Yes, a C minus as well. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get this draft. Too many better starters available when they were drafting. Jake, you brought up that's the perfect way to describe it. You got two guys, you went with your first two picks, and neither one of them are starting. Look, that's it's hard for rookies to make an impact, right? So when I'm yeah. grading this, I'm looking at who did you draft? It not only makes you better long term, who makes an impact now? Wow. Philly's yep. Philly's got a chance to make a run if they can stay healthy and get hot, right? Who did you draft that makes you better now? You muddled up your receiver room with a bunch of super fast guys. That's great. Where are they playing? There's only so many guys you can get on the field because Carson Wentz and Goddard are going to be out there with Zach Ertz. So now you got like five dudes for two other positions. That makes no sense. And your secondary still sucks. And you took a backup quarterback in the second round with a ton of talent still out there. Guys can be impact starters immediately. When you don't do that, man, it's a bad draft for me. Yeah, especially because the the way you're evaluating a Super Bowl caliber, a team that's going into the season with Super Bowl expectations is you're drafting guys that are playing now. You're not drafting guys that are going to play in five years. It's not, we're not talking about Jacksonville where we're looking at their overall draft and going, yeah, they got a lot of good guys that two, three years from now, they're going to be really good. They don't have two, three years from now. They're in Carson Wentz's prime window. It's the exact same This isn't thing. a recruiting class. 
no, no telling how many five stars we got Thank and all that, that that are going to register you. and play. This is you won the division last year with a bunch of injuries because you have a badass quarterback. What did you do? It's like, I hate Green Bay's. Like you That's have exactly Zach right. sitting there. What did you do to surround your best asset? Your best asset is Carson Wentz. You can live without Zach Ertz. You can live without Goddard. You can live without everybody else. You can live without Lane Johnson. You did it last year. You cannot live without Carson Wentz playing healthy. At, as, without like, what did you do or to surround that? To me, yeah. nothing. You did piss him off. Yeah. That's exactly right. Created a distraction. C minus Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Eagles fans. You're not getting any love from the TDM Fantasy Podcast today. Washington Redskins finishing up the division here. Uh, go with the uh, exact position and player that we thought that they were going to do. They did not get cute or gimmicky. They went with a lot of people's best player in the draft, Chase Young, uh, Anthony Gibson, Sadiq Charles, Antonio uh, Ganey-Golden, um, Cameron Curl. They, listen, I think the big thing here was I was just watching – and I locked two in, and I was going. They're not going to get. Out. They're not going to outsmart themselves. There's no way that a Ron Rivera defensive-minded guy is going to go. I'm not taking Chase Young. There just wasn't any way. So when I looked at this, I was I was excited for them because as we've talked about in previous podcasts, this is a pretty good defense already. And now you add this player to this defense, all of a sudden. It's, it's an interesting defense, especially knowing that Ron Rivera is there. So, Jake, I'll go to you first. Your thoughts on what the Washington Redskins did. I loved it. This is going to sound crazy. They took a more athletic, faster Julius Peppers to play in Ron Rivera's defense. Yeah. That sounds crazy because Julius Peppers was an absolute freak athlete. But I think Chase Young's more explosive, faster, probably more polished pass rusher now coming in than Peppers was because he's playing basketball, doing both things. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love that pick. That front seven is going to be just nasty. They got a bunch of guys that can rush the passer. I love the running back from Memphis who's really a receiver. He's playing both. Yeah. If you go back, uh, just talking to my dad about him coming out, they loved him. Reminded him a lot of David Johnson that you could make a full-time receiver. There's a matchup nightmare because he's a bigger guy. He, he was a receiver at the combine and looked phenomenal. Played a lot of running back in Memphis. was always in the shotgun throwing it, you know, uh, but I love that because and they're like, oh, it's convoluted backfield. There's too many backs. No, because he's really going to play all over the place. He's like Debo Samuel in, in that role for them, but even bigger than Debo Samuel. I like that. Gandy Golden is a project, but a super athletic guy, very yeah. smart guy that I think is going to pay a lot of dividends for them. I really like their young receiving core. I, I think those those two guys with the two young guys from last year, uh, I love. Your running backs are set. Uh, they finally moved on from Trent Williams. That was smart just to get it behind you and move on. Uh, but I thought the draft was solid. And if they didn't do anything else other than their first two picks, I'd be happy. But the, the polar opposite of Philly, they took two guys that are going to make immediate impact for you. You have some run-after-the-catch freaks in this offense now. They can get creative. I, 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 I like what they did. I'm going to give it a solid B+. Plus. Yeah, I like what they did as well. I mean, the, again, the obvious pick was the best pick here with Chase Young, and now you have so much first-round pedigree in that front seven with Jonathan Allen, Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, I mean, there's what uh, there's so many other guys I didn't even mention there, like Deron Payne. I mean, they have so many guys there. Not as we've talked about with the Redskins the entire offseason, not a team you want to play, particularly in Washington when it gets cold late in the season against that that pass rush in that front seven. Uh, and if Wayne Gibson can is- progress. 
with those, I mean, look, that's the key. These weapons, like, trust me, they're not going to be big names because McLaren's still not a big enough name. And Sims Jr. was a freak at the end of the year. You added two more guys that are that athletic. McLaren's like a well-rounded, like stepped right in as a well-rounded receiver. Yeah. Now you've got guys that are in open space. I mean, run after the catches. They're going to be fun to watch if Haskins can play well and make and make a step make a step forward. Yeah, I mean, look as you said, Gibson's going to be used all over the field. That that that's going to be their plan. Gandy Golden's going to be interesting. Kelvin Harmon's name we haven't brought up. Another young receiver that they oh, yeah. have in that room. I mean, they have a lot of talented pieces uh, for Dwayne Haskins to throw to. And we saw a glimpse. We saw we saw a little spark of what we were hoping to see late in the season from Dwayne Haskins. Does that carry over? Does it carry over in a prolonged stretch with a new head coach? We will see. We don't have those answers yet. But if he does. You've got a you've got a number of decent backs. Again, injury concerns uh, with Darius guys with Bryce Love. So let's not pretend like both those guys are going to come into camp 100 percent healthy and going to get. He's in year two though. Not. I know he had that yeah. little cleanup procedure halfway through, but he's in year two. I tell you guys all the time: year one of an ACL, especially we're talking about fantasy, they can't carry the load. So don't over, you know, don't overbid and take those guys too high. Year two, even with that little cleanup scope halfway through, he still felt better after the scope four weeks later. Yes. Yeah. Darius guys healthy. It's still an injury concern, Jamie, to your point. But yes. Like, if he but we'll can see. be the guy that came at LSU in this offense, you still got Adrian Peterson. Chris Thompson's gone, so Henry, you know, they, they got the guy to take that place. Man, I, I don't know. They kept Brandon Sheriff, which I thought was huge. Yes. Uh, I, I like what this team's doing. Like It's all on Haskins, 100% on the quarterback at this point to play decent. Yes, and, and, and we'll see how he progresses because I, I look at this team and they're not obviously they're not a playoff contender in year one, but no. I think this could be a six-win team. And, and all of a sudden, you start to look at the bottom of the NFC East and you go, the bottom might be six and ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then that all of a sudden, those divisional games that the Eagles and the Cowboys were winning against the Giants and, and the Redskins now all of a sudden become really tough for them. Mm-hmm. And let's just say that the Cowboys have – had an issue with you know choking away games they deserve to win. Uh, I tell you this much: the Cowboys do not want to go to Washington in week week, no. week one of December with offensive line injuries and linebacker injuries. Nope, they might get their asses waxed. Yeah, Washington. This, 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 if Wayne Haskins gets better and this yeah. team gets hot with that I'm front gonna, seven, who's going to rush the shit out of the passer, and they're going to score points. Like, he might throw a bunch of picks, but they're like they kind of like the Cardinals last year. They're going to be exciting as hell. I don't know how many games they're going to win, but they're going to be exciting. But they're exciting on both sides of the ball. Like you don't yes. want to, you don't want to miss an offensive or defensive series on this team. It's a, it's. I looked up the schedule quickly. So the Cowboys go to play the Redskins in the end of October. Um, but the Eagles come. The Eagle. I'll, I'll, I'll look up the rest of the schedule for the Redskins. But I was looking to see if they, the Redskins, actually go on the road to play the Cowboys in December. So I was looking, looking they to see if they were at home either with these young yeah. kids. But look, yeah. the end of October is like that's college football. Yeah peak season for these kids. You start getting oh, yeah. Halloween is like the middle of the fall semester, college football players that they, these kids get those first six weeks under their belt. I'm calling them kids because they're all under 24. Yeah. The majority of all of these guys we're talking about that are making this impact for them. They get six games under their belt. They get a little bit of that taste of what this takes. And they, they get that. All they need is that one little play that goes, I belong. Yeah. McLaren sure. did it week one. And then yeah. he just went on for the rest of the year. If the rest <laughs> of them can do that, yeah, McLaren's been a McLaren's been a joy to watch. I think the the whole crux of this conversation, and just as I'm listening, to you guys go back and forth. I'm I'm hearing all the players in this roster. I'm going, man, 
I like this team a lot more than I thought I did. Like offensively, they've got playmakers. And if Dwayne Haskins can take what he did in the last quarter of the season and build on it, right, with a Ron Rivera, with good leadership in that locker room, humbling himself, not having an ego, growing up, not doing the stupid stuff we saw him doing during last year, all of a sudden – this team could be really interesting because as we I got one up, for you, Paige. How about yeah. this one? Luke Keekley yeah. decides I want to play one more year oh, in Washington for Ron Rivera. Oh, I'm not going back to Carolina. Add him to this freaking team. Carolina will. I know this right. defense is going to be damn good the way it is right now. But say that happens, right? And I don't know how good Scott Turner is. I don't know if he's going to be his dad. Probably not because North's pretty damn good. But he's younger. He's going to be creative. If Dwayne Haskins plays well. And you had something crazy like Luke Keekley said, I want to play another year. And you already know this defense is going to be good. And they stay healthy. I don't know how many games it's actually going to be like, but they are going to be fun. Because I know what I'm getting with Ron Rivera, and that's why I like their draft. They got guys that he knows he can make an impact now that are going to be really good for him for three or four years. Their win total in Vegas right now, it's the uh, I have written down here, is five and a half. So very interesting to see if – I like, agree with Jamie. I mean, we both had him at like six and, and ten when we did this. Yeah. but. But I, I, I'm telling you, they're healthy and hot in December. I would not want to play them. No. They got nothing to lose, too. Like, if they lost early course. and then they finally figure it out and they're, like, they're just yeah. too dangerous. Let's they got too the, many guys that can beat you. Yeah, I'm looking through their schedule. I, th- I think they got a they got a good opportunity to be pretty damn good. I think it's going to be it's fun. Be my really sleeper, good. actually. I'm t- talking myself into, like, I, I, listen. it all hinges on the quarterback, who I definitely got question marks about. But, but I liked what I saw in the last And, and that's weeks. the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. If Dwayne Haskins looked like he did those first few starts, his team wins four games. No. Yeah. Tops. Yeah. But if he, if he takes that step forward, it doesn't have to take a huge leap forward, but because at least in year one, in, in year two, he will need to take huge leaps forward if this is going to be a franchise quarterback and they're going to be a playoff contender. But for this year, if he takes even a, a small step forward from what he did at the end of last year, so you add the end of last year's progression with a little bit more progression this year, they're an interesting team that can beat Good teams. I don't think it'd be great teams, but they can beat eight, nine-ish win teams in any building when healthy if Haskins can put can put it all together. But we'll see. Yeah, I That's love, still the big I question. I love teams that have multiple guys that can wreck games on both sides of the ball. And they got three or four guys in that defense right now that can wreck games. Wreck them. If your offensive line is not on the same page, if they're not healthy, wreck the game. Flip the script. They got five really five or six really explosive guys on that offense. If that offensive line stays healthy that can do that. And Haskins early didn't look like he knew what the hell he was doing. He wasn't throwing to the right place. Later on, he was throwing it to the open receiver. He was anticipating his throws. He knew what he, you could tell that he knew what he was going to get, right? His film study was paying off for what his eyes were seeing. His eyes had seen the speed of the NFL. As Jamie said, if that progresses 10% more to week one, I like him over five and a half, but I would not want to play him later on. Yeah, it's it, this is going to be a fun team to watch the progression because, as we've talked about many times on this podcast, Ron Rivera's teams traditionally overachieve, um, and and that's and Daniel why. Snyder does not deserve the winner, but the no, Redskins it, fan base does. Yeah, and Ron Rivera was the perfect coach to to get this going, and I love their young nucleus, man. Like, but the the, the hogs, the skins, like if they substance over swag, if they start winning, or they're fun, and those those fans come back out, man, that is one of the best fan bases in football. 
Yeah, it's a it's a great fan base that's very deserving with a very undeserving owner. So if I can figure out a way to own the team in time, uh, I will try, people. I'll see if I can put in a bid here for, to get Daniel Schneider out. Don't think that's going to happen. He's very much an undeserving owner. But, uh, yeah, it's – About $4 billion to do it for you. Yeah, I'll just go. How's that? I'll just uh, scratch around the couch a little bit. Yeah, I'll just make make sure I can uh, you know sell a portion of the draft network for four billion. So we'll we'll make sure to make that happen, uh, guys. We reached the end of the podcast. Parting thoughts, Jamie. You go first. Parting thoughts on today's podcast. Uh, we said it before when we did our NFC East, I think, free agent show. But this is a very intriguing division. It's not again. It's not going to be one of the best. It's not AFC West caliber or anything like that. But uh, or AFC North. But it's a really really interesting division because you have a very talented Cowboys team that we just watched underperform greatly that and then lost players on defense. You have an Eagles team that has a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, but made some questionable decisions in the draft and has a secondary. That's just quite frankly, awful. <laughs> you have a giants team. That's slowly starting to be improving. And everybody that laughed at the Daniel Jones pick last year, isn't really laughing right now. And Saquon comes back healthy. You've improved the offensive line. You're starting to rebuild that defense. They're on their way up. Washington is going to be extremely well coached this year, has a young quarterback that flashed late last season, is going to get healthy in the backfield, and has a disruptive defense. So now this is all of these divisional games are going to be really, really exciting because the standings might be all over the place, but there's maybe a four-win difference between the best win and the best four-win actual talent difference, maybe, maybe even three, between the best in this division and the worst in this division. It is starting to come together. And if you are the Cowboys and you are the Eagles, you need to, these are the years, this year in particular, where you need to start putting your foot down and saying, we're going to win a championship or another championship in the case of the Eagles now, because this division is getting tougher every single year. And the Giants and the Redskins are about ready to look. They're a couple years away from flipping this division the other way, as we've seen happen elsewhere. Jamie, yeah, he's, I just want to mention this. He is exactly spot on with Vegas. There is a four win total difference between the top and the bottom. Nine and a half is the top with both the Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles and five and a half is the bottom for the Redskins. So Vegas agrees as well. This division is close and the difference is not that much. So I wanted to mention that because you said four and you were spot on. Vegas agrees with you. Uh, Jake, I'll let, let you finish with your parting thoughts. Yeah, the gap is closing. I think Philly had the ability in this draft to separate themselves in this division, and they blew it. They absolutely blew it. They could have added at least three super impact players that would have made them better, that they don't have to stay as healthy. They just would have been better, and they didn't do it. They, in my opinion, they didn't do it at all. They, they left the gap right where it is, that them and Dallas are neck and neck. Either one, whoever's healthier, gets hot, whatever it is. And the other two are right on their tails. And I think Philly had the ability – because I think Dallas's roster went down. And I think Philly had the ability with a, with a really solid draft to step up, and I think they just blew it. I think they missed the, missed the ball. So I think this gap has really closed in this division. Yeah, I think you guys bring up uh, all great points. My parting thoughts here, usually this division, I'm – like because of my hatred towards the Cowboys and, and Eagles, I'm lacking interest level. But this year I'm super intrigued by this division because of the fact that there isn't a big gap between the top and the bottom. And these divisional games are going to be awesome. This is a division that always plays each other nasty. There's a lot of vitriol between the fan bases and the players. Uh, I think this year it's going to be even more so. And you add in the, the bonus storylines and the Dak Prescott stuff and Everything else that's going to happen, this division is going to be a, a really fun division to watch. Jamie, how can everybody follow you? So go ahead. You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter.
And Jake, how can everybody follow you? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. You guys, we uh, really appreciate when you subscribe and rate our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. It is really helpful for us. It's really helpful for us being seen and other people being able to listen to the podcast. So we really appreciate when you do when you do that. We've got some really cool merchandise that we're going to be giving away. So if you do it and you're a new subscriber, a new listener, yeah, Jake's showing off his TDN gear today. If you are a, a new subscriber, or a new listener, send a screenshot my way on Twitter or to Jamie or to Jake, and uh, we'll enter you into uh, June's. Uh, we're going to give away uh, in June. That will be our first giveaway. So be sure to do that. Uh, we'd really appreciate it, and have a good rest of your week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.